Hello and welcome to Motoring First. And today we are talking about a motorcycle that Shumi's just ridden, uh, the KTM 390 Adventure. And I have been sitting on the sidelines wanting to know more. So, bunch of questions. Are you ready? I was born ready, bro. All right. <laughs> okay, any context lay of the land that you want us to know? Yeah, so before we start, what you should know is that we've never been truly kicked about the KTM 390 Adventure. Neither of us are fans of this motorcycle. And uh, it doesn't mean it's a totally terrible motorcycle and nobody should buy one. But you should understand that KTMs generally do one thing really well. And the 390 Adventure is an exception in the sense that it tries to do touring very well and off-roading very well and ends up doing neither of them as well as it should have. So we have reservations about recommending this motorcycle and I've only ever recommended it to people who say I ride with pillions and luggage a lot. In which case the space takes a premium over everything else. I recommend it to people who are very tall. <laughs> so as you can see there are specific use cases rather than uh, for example an R15 is a much easier recommend. Uh, the Jixxer 250 is a very easy recommend or the 390 Duke is a very easy recommend. This is not an easy one but KTM has moved the game for the adventure forward a little which is what we're going to discuss today. Right. So they're trying to tweak um, just a little bit of context uh, from both of us look at KTMs as motorcycles that are enablers, right? Uh, they take riders and turn them into enthusiasts and eventually experts in whatever form of riding whether it's the RC for track, the Duke for everything. And the adventure to me, and I mean, it feels intimidating. It didn't kind of take me into that world deeper as easily as I expected. Exactly. Yes. So now you've ridden a whole set of new adventures. Is that right? Okay. So the range has become a little bit more complicated to understand. So let mm -hmm. me lay out the entire lay of the adventure line. Okay. Wow. There are six motorcycles in total. So the 250s are now split into two 250s. There's the 250 Adventure, which is unchanged from before. But you can order a low seat version of that. How it, much lower? Any idea? Uh, I don't remember the number. But the point is you can't get a kit and lower your current 250 Adventure. You can order a new low seat 250 Adventure from KTM. Okay, That's KTM is not selling the low seat as a kit, which everybody else seems to do globally. Uh, we'll discuss that in detail uh, when we talk about the other bikes. The 390 Adventure is now four models. Okay, so the new, the one that created the buzz was the X, which is obviously a heck of a lot cheaper than the old base model. So the X is the cheapest? The 250s are still cheaper, obviously. Uh, I mean, in the From 390. The 250, you pay about 35,000 rupees more and you get the 390X. Alright. The 390X is so cheap that it is cheaper than the, uh, than the 390 Duke, in fact. Wow. Right? Now, from the X, you pay roughly, I think, 60 odd thousand rupees and you get to the old base model of the 390 Adventure. Okay. So that's why it's a big price jump, right? At that price, you also have the low seat option, which again is not a kit, it is a motorcycle you have to order. So you get the base 390 as we knew it of old or the low seat version of that motorcycle. Uh, just quickly, from the X to the 390 base of the standard 390, is there a lot of kit that gets added on for that price? So is, is it a significant, I mean, uh, the basically don't, instead of thinking of X plus, think of it as 390 minus. Huh. If you think about it, minus is much easier to understand because what sure. they've done is they've stripped a whole bunch of electronics. And I'm actually quite kicked about this because this 390 Adventures electronics didn't really work very so well. This is, so the X is actually awesome in that sense. It's awesome in that sense. And it actually, I was just speaking to our friends at Zigwheels and they have some more information which we'll talk about in more detail, which actually makes the X even more interesting than it should have been. But basically, they stripped the 390 Adventure and created the X. Good idea. They removed a lot of the frills, some of which have never really worked very well. Like, in fact, I call the quick shifter an infrequent shifter because it works sometimes and it doesn't work at other times. 
but above that another 22 or 1000 rupees is now the new 390 adventure sw which is the full kit that they offer internationally because spoke wheel yeah so it's got spoke wheels that's why the sw that also implies the tube tires and you've also got adjustable suspension which is rebound and preload at the back All compression right. and rebound at the front okay so that's the full spread now okay now in this video we're going to focus completely on the 390s itself so logical place to start is obviously the 390x so now, you rode all the 390s the three I, I rode the x and the sw okay. back to back to understand the bracket ends of the range because we've ridden enough of the 390 adventures okay. to know that it's not a very impressive motorcycle and it has these pros and cons okay the idea is can the x improve upon those and does the sw give some advantages over those awesome now the 390X is a great purchase within the 390 Adventure line because it's a heck of a lot cheaper than the middle model. Right. Right. 6,000 rupees is is an amount of cash that you could take for a tour around the country. Right. So, should you be buying the old model of the 390 Adventure? Anyway, we never recommended it that much. But now I'm saying just don't buy that. Either buy the SW or buy the X. Okay. I'll tell you why to buy the X. The electronics that we've removed, the only one I, I think could possibly have been useful is cornering ABS. But to do that, you bring the IMU back. If you bring the IMU back, traction control comes back. So I understand how they made that choice. Right. You've got ABS. You've got no other electronics to mess with. And some people are going to say, Are the TFT screen would have been better than the LCD screen because it now has a 250 adventure style LCD screen. And I'm saying it's a great trade-off to make. 60,000 rupees is not money that you can... What about tires? That's generally like one of... So that is one of the points. There is a change in the suspension spec as well. Okay. okay, so the uh, X has slightly inferior suspension to the base model. That's one cost saving. And instead of the Karus, I think, uh, on the base Karus. model, now they've got MRFs on the X. Okay, now I think what has happened is that they tried to approximate the settings they were using on the base model. But this inferior suspension unit can't reach those stiffness levels. All right. And the MRFs sidewalls are also, I think, less stiff than the Karus. So in the process, they've got a better ride quality setup than the base model almost by accident. Honestly, uh, I rode it, Rishabh rode it yeah. in road situations on a relatively bumpy, busy highway as well as a relatively empty ghat. And we didn't notice a massive difference. But since then and now, Zigwheels has been testing the bike and we were on a call with them just trying to understand what's going on in their lives. And they were saying they did notice a difference, especially over the biggest, sharpest of bumps. All right. But the key thing, is that because the tire is flexing so much, it is able to absorb the small undulations, which if you remember when we did the highway back-to-backs together with the Duke and the Adventure, our complaint was your head never stops moving. I think the X, because it has inferior equipment, has actually solved that by accident. So, what you're saying is, the cheapest one is probably doing as good a job as the most expensive one on road with the adapter. Oh no, I think the X is actually the better bike than the SW because okay. the SW, remember, has tube tires. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So here's the thing. When you ride the SW, the stock settings of rebound and compression at the front and rebound at the back is exactly the same as the non-adjustable model. Okay. So whatever you hit a bump and it sort of wants to kick the handlebar out of your hand, it does all of those things. Did you take it off-road? I don't think of this motorcycle as an off-roader, honestly. So I will never take it off-road in that sense. Hmm. If you were to take a Pulsar 150, a Shine 125 or a Aerox off-road, you'd get roughly the same result. Uh -huh. Okay. It's not an off-roader. Let's be absolutely clear about it. Yes, I know you guys are using it for off-road and full power to you, but it's not 
genuinely an off-roader. It requires a completely different mindset. And I promise you, wait till 2025 when the updated 390 Adventure comes, then you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And we'll be getting more off-roaders in between from... I'm saying in two years, the 390 Adventure will be a KTM adventure as KTM's adventures go, not this half-compromise. Right. And one-to-one, -one, you will see the difference in off-road ability. And at that point, this argument will end itself. In the meantime, yes, we'll discuss it in the comments for sure. Uh, the problem with the SW is the clickers are super easy to reach. So you can actually change rebound and compression as you move. Mm -hmm. And I think about what, four kilometers later, two clicks rebound less, two clicks compression less, it already felt smoother. All right. Now, I don't remember the exact setting I used because I messed with it for that entire 130-odd kilometers, I think I was. But you did find a better setting. One issue that they've done is that the rear rebound requires a screwdriver to adjust. So you have to basically find a tool to do that. And I physically see the limitation because the shock is so large that it fills up the entire space. There's no place to really put a clicker on the shaft, mm. which is the normal way to do it. But if you adjust the rebound, you can also find a better setting at the back. So given one, one and a half months of consistently focusing on what the suspension is doing, you will take the SW to an even superior comfort place right. than the X. You will. For sure. Okay. The problem is, I think of the SW as a model that will make a tourer's life easier. So you want to put a pillion on it, you want to put luggage on it, you find a great comfortable setup for the both of you. I think you will be able to do it. Correct. Right. But now you have spoke wheels to deal with. Who really needs the spoke wheels? The guy who's going off-road. In that environment, I can see the advantage of the bendability and the repairability of a spoke wheel. But the now that I've got a comfortable bike, I have to suddenly deal with punctures. Mm. Where the wheel has to come off and all of the drama has to happen. It makes no sense to me. Actually, a lot of the people that I end up asking what they do with the 390 Adventures, the top answer is touring. Exactly. So to me, the off-roading ability of the 390 is not only compromised, it is also incidental to the big picture. Because I promise you, if a thousand of you have those bikes, are they, did they sell a thousand yet? If there are a thousand of these bikes out there, maybe 25 go anywhere close to seriously off-road and maybe another 50 go mildly off-road for which you could take a stock bike and do it. You won't need much effort mm. because it's not even like it's got great ground clearance or massively great suspension movement, right? So from that perspective, the idea that the top model has spoked wheels to me is detrimental to the idea. And I think KTM should just have said the base model, which is only 22,000 rupees less than the SW, remember? also gets adjustable suspension. The SW is another 10,000 rupees more and you have the spoke wheel option because I'm a hardcore off-roader. So the tourer has the perfect bike and the guy who wants to go off-road also has a bike more attuned to his purpose. Hmm. But KTM once more has done this strange thing where the smallest use case now gets, okay, serious equipment, but the biggest use case is still one step short of that. You can't take the forks and put it onto your... So that's the fun part, okay? KTM has homologated these as four models, right? So the X is its own model and this is the equipment spec. So these are homologated as their own models, right? So the X is one spec, the base model is one spec, LS is one spec, SW is one spec. So officially KTM says you can't swap these, which is why you can't buy the LS kit. It sounds like a little bit of bullshit, huh? It does sound like the S. Now, here's the thing. Because of the way KTM shares platforms, everything is not only interchangeable, I think 99% is retrofitable. So if you have a 390 Adventure right now, I don't see any reason why you couldn't go to KTM service, spend 30 or 1000 rupees or whatever and buy a set of adjustable forks and add them back to your current 250 adventure or 390 adventure. I don't see any reason why you couldn't do it. In the same way that if you were a hardcore off-roader, you could add the spoke wheels back to your package. Right. If you were really short and unwilling to learn how to actually ride a tall bike, 
you should be able to order the low seat and the rear suspension unit. Suddenly used 390 Adventures start looking very attractive. Yeah, and look, I've always solved it like this thing. I get a certain amount of equipment with a bike and that's the expensive part. Hmm. But adding small bits of things back to the bike and improving that experience hmm. is not a challenge, right? On the street triple, for example, I wanted the speed triple throttle tube. It was 900 rupees. Hmm. And it was a big upgrade in feeling. Hmm. So you can should be able to go back and see what else is in the catalog and just work it backwards. Right. So if I had a 390 adventure, Oh man, I'm even scared to think about it. But if I had a 390 Adventure, I most certainly would spend on the adjustable suspension for sure. So would you, but that'd be too much for cost if you're buying a brand new bike. So you would have to go for the top spec variant. So are you recommending the top spec variant? I would say either buy the X and save a heck of a lot of money. Look, remember if you buy the X, you're saving 60,000 rupees. The forks will cost 30,000 rupees. So if you buy the X and add the forks back, you have a very, very sweet 390 Adventure in there. Ta-da! Right? It's the model that KTM should have had on the, on sale, I think, anyway. Hmm. Because effectively what I'm saying is the base model with adjustable suspension. You still save 30 grand. You still save 30 grand and you don't have some of the electronics and I don't think that's a bad thing because quick shifter doesn't work. The traction control is like an early traction control. Remember how the Triumph Tigers were back in the day? Where it would come on zero power and then come back on and full power. The KTM Adventure TCS is like that today, right? I hate that TC. I hate it. It's stupid. So, given the fact that these electronics are suboptimal in the experience creation for a rider, I won't miss them on the X. Right? So, if the SW wants to have all the bells and whistles and some of the bells don't ring and some of the whistles don't really fire, they're okay. Mm. But the idea now, I think what I'm happy about is adjustable suspension is here. Which means you can take your current 390 or 250 experience and upgrade that experience. And 35,000 rupees for a pair of adjustable forks is honestly not that much money. So they've actually provided you with a solution. Only thing is you'll have to live without the warranty. Not necessarily. I think that if I'm a dealer at KTM today and somebody comes and says, listen, I'd like to upgrade my KTM 390 Adventure and I still have 6, 8, 10 months of warranty left. Why would I not order the part for you and say, hey, listen, this is going to be a gentleman's agreement between us. Mm. You continue to come to us when you are in trouble and I will solve it for you. Let's not involve anybody else in this. But I can promise you that if you go to another KTM dealer, they may not what, uh, uh, honor the warranty because well, you're not supposed to have these. Forms. We're not incepting any ideas anywhere. Okay. So this is what I would do if I was a KTM dealer. Okay. Still not incepting. I'll tell you why. Ideas. No, I'll tell you why I'll do it. Right. It is in my interest to make sure, actually it is not in my interest to do it because KTM doesn't sell you any bigger bikes. So if you've already bought a 390 Adventure, the next thing you're going to buy is a Kawasaki or Triumph, Ducati or something else. Right. Yeah, so it doesn't matter what the KTM 390 Adventure customer is Once they bought it, they're done. They are it's again. the last KTM you can buy. Alright, so do you want to, is there any more, anything else you want to discuss? How did it feel like to ride? Uh, um, it's the same as before. KTM has not really changed that experience in any significant way. Quick shifter is still sporadic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not changed in any way. Because Bottom end? Same. It's not changed in any way. So which is why I know that there were journalists who went there for two days and did a lot of work and I only rode the bike for I think three hours. But the essence of it is KTM hasn't done anything to significantly change this motorcycle outside of finally saying if you're willing to sell it to Europe, maybe we should also sell it to India. Which is to me, I mean, they're late. I'm not going to appreciate them for it because this is what should have been from day one. No, only because BS 6.2 got certain updates, you know, everybody. So there's no major feeling change. So nothing dramatic has happened for sure. So the old 
promises that the motorcycle makes they are the same promises so can you comfortably cruise at 100 yes mm. does your do your heels always sort of vibrate because that vibration has always been on the 390 even today that's not been solved okay. in any significant way but if you can ignore that is it a reasonably comfortable and pleasant bike yes does the suspension on both sides add the ability to go through bumps really hard at high speeds and absorb everything which the 390 used to always do so well it still does does it have that kind of space it still does so all good points are still where they were some of the bad points you can alleviate either by choosing a different model or by spending a little bit more money i think the tactical mistake they've made is just one which is everything but the x should just have had adjustable suspension from now on because the price delta to the sw makes no sense if for 22000 rupees i can get adjustable suspension and spoke wheels it means that the actual difference the adjustable suspension being added would have reduced that difference Maybe by what, six k, seven k, ten k, twelve k, ten k, right? Which means that the X would have now been seventy thousand rupees less mm. than the base model with all the bells and whistles, and I don't think that's such a bad deal. In EMI, this ten thousand rupees is not going to account for nothing. All right, right. So, still not that great a bike, which I think will still happen in two thousand twenty-five. but KTM is in a better position to compete with what's coming this year, which is a whole bunch of bikes that will attack it directly. Really? Really? If the Royal Enfield is even cheaper than the KTM, then of course it will be a great day for all the enthusiasts because now you've got two options, both in the 400 CC class, both making significant performance, and all the uh, Royal Enfield guys have to do is deliver the Himalayan experience with a more powerful and lighter motorcycle and better quality than the old Himalayan. But that's it. Yeah, that, that's really it. What does what does Hero have to do? Hero has to do exactly the same job. Can I get you a reasonably good ADV that does a reasonable job of touring? Can manage the city, and if you have to go off-roading, then you should be able to go off-roading. For which you need X amount of ground clearance and X amount of suspension travel. KTM can't do that because the frame is too tall. If they do that, the seat height becomes sky high. Guys, just for reference, if you want to get a sense of this, go online. Go to KTM.com. Compare the 890 Adventure with the 390 Adventure. Look at the seat heights and the ground clearances. Yeah, it's going to be super instructive to do this for one clear reason. Okay, the 890 Adventure, 790 Adventure, 1290 Adventure, and all of these bikes—they start as dirt bike frames, and what that basically means is that the frame falls away after the steering head quite steeply, so that it can accommodate a reasonably tall engine, keep high ground clearance, but the seat height can be reasonable. It's what the Himalayan did, which gives it that incredible seat height. Despite the ground clearance and the suspension travel, ridiculous. This is the one thing that the 390 Adventure cannot have because it uses the Duke's frame. This is the key to why the suspension setup is so odd. Why we don't really think of it as an off-roader. Why we think the touring ability got compromised. And therefore, I think KTM knows what to do to fix it. But that logical time point to fix it is 2025's model. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up. I will wrap it up. Let's see. I've been paying attention. So there are four variants of the 390 Adventure now. Correct. There is the base X, which is the one uh, which is great BFM and also better because it takes away all the crappy electronics. Cheaper. It's easier to recommend because we're still talking about the 390 Adventure. Oh, fair point. Uh, and uh, it has slightly different suspension by virtue of being inferior. Is actually working out to be a bit better than expected. Yes. And you could take the money that you save half of it. And invested in getting the adjustable forks on the top, off the top spec variant, and still save thirty grand for fuel. 
Okay. The mid-spec variant is interesting because of the low seat version. Hmm. That's it. And then we move to the top spec, which is the spoke wheel version. Hmm. That is not that much more expensive than the mid-level version. Yes. But gets you spoke wheels, which are not really helpful for tourers, which is the chunk of the people buying the 398 Venture. But you would want them to get the adjustable suspension because it can get them more finesse for touring. Exactly. <sighs> See, I was paying attention. <laughs> and at the end of it, the bottom line still is... Um, He's not recommending the C90 Adventure, right? No, I, again, it's the most difficult KTM to recommend. I get it. Okay, and by saying most difficult, yes, you can buy it and you'll have a reasonably good time. But it sets the wrong standard for ADVs are supposed to be able to do in Indian conditions. Again, go back, check the specs. Also, add in one more thing, uh, suspension travel. Just look at that, aside from the seat height and ground clearance. Just compare these three numbers. 390, 790, 890. Pick one of this and the, one of the others. Also, drag in the Himalayan, just for reference. Yeah, ground clearance, seat height, and suspension travel. <laughs> You'll be blown away at how little the 390 Adventure actually does. Okay, we've, we've, we've done our bit. You let us know what you think about the 390 Adventure. If you already have had one, what's your experience been like? What would you have wanted these new updated 390 Adventures to be like? Uh, yeah. And of course, we'll do a more detailed story once we get to ride the motorcycle more, get to compare it with the other stuff. We may not do a comparison until the new Royal Enfields, etc. come out. But in the meantime, if you've got specific questions you'd like to ask us, leave us a comment. We try and answer every comment that we get. We've been more or less successful at it so far. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you've got questions, we're happy to answer them and happy to work it out with you. Thank you so much for watching.